here to listen. I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason, a God Bible and Church podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Check your episode notes, how you can contact me. Podcasting is the future, and with the help of your loyal listenership, I will have a future in it. Joining me today, I am so excited to have with us Pastor Ben Walker. He oversees the Christian Education Ministry at Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center. He is the office manager at Set in Stone Home Improvement, also a guest speaker for your church. He's a preacher, a teacher, and he has a passion for the things of God. Pastor Ben, welcome to Spirit Signal. How are you today, my friend? Hey, hey, Pastor Justin. Doing good. How are you? You know, life is not so bad. It's not so bad. But I, I don't know about you, man. For whatever reason, whenever the weather changes, it's getting colder. It's hard to get out of bed for some reason. And oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know about that. Yeah, but uh, I know uh, all about that. Uh, Pastor Tony Wyatt Jr. posted a meme the other day. He said, <laughs> "He said coffee doesn't wake me up in the morning. I wake up to drink coffee in the morning." So that's about uh, that's about it, man. We are waking up to get coffee, and uh, I've I've got something right going. Yeah, well, when you're knocking on the door of forty, that's all you have to look forward to is uh, coffee and biscuits, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, man, I was thinking some jelly. Yeah, you know, has there ever been a point in your life where everything was perfect? Oh, yeah. It's not a trick question. No. Okay. Yeah, me neither. I I figured this out. Ed, I wrote this in my journal the other day. Happiness is for kids. Responsibility is for adults. That, and that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to keep that there or scratch that out. I don't know, but I found it to be true. But like, you know, you and I are both '90s kids. It's in the yeah. '90s. My my fears and worries was my acne. I I, I, yeah. I just that. You know, you never know. You think, okay, I'm going to convention. God help me to not have a big one on my forehead. Help me, Lord. I mean, like, yes. Can I get, yeah, can I get through? We had no, you know, looking back, I look at my kids now and I look at, uh, look back on my life and man, we, maybe we had it better than what I thought we had. You think? Yeah, we sure did. (laughs) So once the acne went away, uh, you know, is my voice going to crack, you know, when I'm testifying before youth choir? Uh, yeah. Now that, that, what it, what if I didn't tuck my shirt in right? Uh, what if I didn't wear the right shoes? What about, uh, you know, like, if you didn't have your tight roll going right on your <laughs> jeans? I don't know if you did that. I don't know if you guys in the city did that or not. But Oh, man, you know it. Down See, here in the country, that's what we did. Bro, you, you've you been to Kansas City. This is a different <laughs> city unlike any other city. Yeah, there's some, like, city parts where you'll, you'll be yeah. walking down the street, you know, a guy in a suit and tie, you might bump it to him, he'll look at you and say, hey, I'm from Kansas City, I've been around for 400 years, get out of my way, you know, <laughs> but for the most part, uh, this city is actually really like, um, I guess, country, I guess, I guess you could say the yeah. sticks, it's, it's kind of, you know, hick. I, yeah, I love Honestly, I love Kansas City. If I had to, if, if there's a city that if I'm just going to for a de- whether it be for fun or or what have you, Kansas City is it. You can be driving. I never forget the first time that I went there, uh, driving through, and I mean, there's cows on both sides of the road and all that. And then the next mm-hmm. thing you know, you're you know, uh, pulling up to whatever the plaza down there or whatever. And <laughs> just it's amazing, man. 
I mean, yeah, cows the best and, of everything. The cows and PF Changs and everything that Cheesecake Factory, all that, you know. Yeah, and thank the Lord, the Plaza survived the the riot season. You know, back back this spring, it yeah. survived. You know, kudos to yeah. KCPD for helping us out with that, so the Plaza yeah. lives on. But yeah, yeah Kansas City is you know, about uh, five, seven years ago, USA Today put out an article and I apologize if this term offends any of our listeners, but they said the top most redneck cities in America. And number one was Atlanta, Hotlander. Oh yeah. Wow. Number two, uh-huh. shockingly was Kansas City. I, I, I couldn't uh-huh. believe it. And it's because uh-huh. they, <laughs> they did a consensus on things like, uh, fishing tournaments, uh, riding yeah. lawnmower sales, guns and, and duct tape, uh-huh. you know, things like that. And okay. I tell you what, yeah. bro, the other day right. I was driving down 71 and I looked over and saw a guy riding his lawnmower, his riding lawnmower up, up to the store. I kid oh, you not. Well, we, yeah. Had See, a shirt a off and everything. Common, actually. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't change from where you're at to where I'm at much. So, <laughs> so Hey, God, God bless it. But uh, yeah. I tell you, I tell you what I like about over on the east side and southeast is some of the words y'all say. It ain't Missouri; it's Missouri. Is that right? Missouri. That's it's Missouri down here, southeast Missouri. Yeah, it's southeast Missouri. You know, the Boot Hill, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice place. So. Good food you guys got down there. Y'all not know how to do fried catfish, that's for sure. That that is now that is a positive for sure. You're okay. absolutely right on that. What's this place? I got to go to it next time I'm down there. Uh, Justin Larmy. Shout out to brother Justin Larmy. He tells Shout me, out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he told me about this place y'all got down there. Great fried fish, but they also got a, uh, a great like slushy or a shake or something that they serve. I can't remember. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about a pink lemonade from Hayden's barbecue. That's it. Oh, yeah, man. we were in the uh, quarantine uh, timeout for a little while, and that was a that was an afternoon uh, treat for us on our on me and my girls' daily drive to get them out of the house. So, oh, yummy! Yeah, hey, stuff oh, yeah. like that they helps put, us get they through put hard a times. Cherry, yeah, they put a real cherry in there. I mean, it's just it's amazing. You can't. I mean, you haven't lived until you've had Hayden's pink lemonade. That's so. it. We're going to Hayden's. So Hayden survived. It's still there. It's there. It is. It is probably, uh, probably the, probably yeah. I'd say it's probably the oldest restaurant in in Poplar Bluff. So, wow. Well, it yeah. The it's the oldest restaurant. It's it's seen a lot, and if it can survive COVID, it can survive everything. So, thank the Lord. Most it's, definitely. Well, in Jesus' name, its doors will be open next time I'm down there in the area. We're gonna go get some fish and a, a nice lemonade. But, uh, hey, you know, uh, I'm thankful for the season that we're in. COVID-19, 2020, it's taught me some stuff. It definitely uh, put me on edge, which is a good place to be in serving the Lord. It's yeah. when you get on ease, you're at ease, that bad things happen. Yeah. And right. I don't ever want to go back in time. I don't. And, you know, some people, there are people out there that think 2020, there's somebody in the future trying to go back in time and reset 2020 over and over again, like back to the future. And mm-hmm. that's why things are going on. Uh I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that, but Hey, I guess anything is possible, possible. But I know the other day, yeah. uh, other day I was thinking about church in the nineties, church in the nineties. 
And I don't, like I said, I don't want to go back, but that's an era that a lot of this generation is really curious about, you know, things that we used to do it as it were, it was kind of like the tail end of old school Pentecost. It was coming to an end. Okay. uh, Yeah. Rock and music still. (laughs) That's right. Okay. All right. Something that I don't see anymore. Okay. We still clap our hands. We still raise our hands. We, we still like to get out and move. We still run, but there's something that I don't see anymore. And that is when people would sit in the pew, their legs would go out straight and their arms would go out straight and just kind of slide off right into the floor. You remember that? Oh yeah. 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 I do remember that. I remember <laughs> or they, that. Or they'd just start kicking their legs and you could hear their, their dress shoes popping the bottom yeah. of the pew in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, I I saw people get the Holy Ghost that way. Yeah. They never never left their pew. I guess it was for people that were not in good enough health to stand up. I guess. That's how you did it. They would do moves that I couldn't do. That's right. I miss that. I I like the, the, uh, I don't have a name for that, but I, I guess, I guess it's the cut a rug in your pew shout, you know? Yeah. It's just the slide, man. I mean, just doing the, doing your thing. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, you don't see that anymore, do you? No, you really really don't. But uh, what about the, um, maybe it's because music ministers have kind of put controls on their choir and their worship team, but it was like, you ain't having church unless the choir and the worship team leaves the platform and and goes out into the audience. I don't see that anymore. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a real common thing anymore, is it? It would just be such a, go ahead. No, I, (laughs) I wonder if it's, uh, did the Holy Ghost say, okay, enough's enough. I want you on the platform or the (laughs) the guys like brother Larmy say, Hey, we have practiced for, uh, 37 hours on this one song and ain't none of you ruining this. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Church needs you in the microphone singing. (laughs) I think that, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot I'd like to say about that. And I, I uh, try to choose my words uh, wisely, but I wonder sometimes if we've not, not, it seems like then we were, we were concerned and we wanted it to be right. And we should always do everything with excellence, especially for the kingdom. But I think we, you know, we allowed the spirit maybe to flow just through us mm. a little bit more. And we've learned how to, uh, I don't know. We've learned how to to put a keep a lid, a tight seal on on that sometimes, and uh, yeah. maybe that's you know some of that's orderly and and maybe that's good. But you know, I think there should be a I think there's a I think there's a happy medium too. I've seen people and you have too, uh, but during that time, man, I've seen people that I've seen people healed, people healed of cancer and all mm. those different kinds of things during, you know. Uh, through that just explosive worship that's not, you know, that's not brought on by necessarily someone in the pulpit, you know, saying, come on, let's do this. Come on, let's press, come on. And we got to do that too. But just that, you know, uh, I don't know, just that connection in the Holy ghost. So So you've seen people healed of cancer in worship service. Yes. Yes, Mm, Tell us about that. Wow. Yes, sir. I've seen people, We've seen people that have had bad 
I mean, bad. Uh, the woman one time had received a bad report and uh, was uh, was just through the worship um, checked. Uh, it was a visible uh, cancer, and it was there before she came into the service and during the worship service. Uh, that was that was gone. She felt something, you know, go through her body. We've seen mm. people, and I know you have too. We've seen people. Yeah you know, uh, get up to, you know, uh, throw their cane down during worship. And, uh, when there's a move in that, I think that we can, uh, I think sometimes we, uh, our worship is, is not just a momentary thing, but I think that what, that God desires still to do things through that so that we can walk in that, um, the next day and the next day and the next day, it's not just an experience. It's not just a, uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know why I'm going this direction, but I, but there's something about a genuine uh, worship and praise that um, it, it's, it's the gate pass, if you will. It works, it activates our faith and um, the impossible becomes possible. Yeah, do it does. That. Yes, so, it does. Yeah. Wow. And worship service, just uh, magnifying the Lord entertaining the presence of the Lord and just miracles happen. Yeah. And I've, what you've just said, I've heard people talk about that, that have cancer or something in their body that doesn't belong there. Cause when mm -hmm. something's there that doesn't, that doesn't belong there, you know it. And when it leaves, it. you really know it. You know, and, I'll share this with you during yeah. worship. Sorry, and I, this is a, on a personal, more on a personal note, but during worship service, uh, we were, uh, I was young. I, me and Jenna just gotten married. We'll be married 18 years in December. So if she listens to this, she'll know that I, that I remember Shout that. out and, to uh, Sister W. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So um, I've done that today. But uh, we had just gotten married and we were in, uh, you can talk about being in the sticks. Um, we were youth pastoring uh, for uh, Brother Marty Bryant uh, in Greenville, Missouri. Oh, yeah. And uh, my brother is younger than, than, than me. And that's a shout out to him in case he listens to this. Um, and oh. I hope that he doesn't care that I share this, but this is an amazing testimony. He uh, had been diagnosed with, he was young. Um, let's see, I was 21 when I got married. So he would have been still in high school. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, Crohn's disease. Mm. And that is an incurable, there's, there's treatment for that. And now I understand, I know someone that currently has that. And I've shared this testimony with them as well to try to encourage them. But I know that there are different treatments and different things uh, for that. But to my knowledge, there's not a cure for it. Um, and I can remember in a worship service with probably 20 people, 25 people. And that was, a, that was a good Sunday uh, crowd at that time, maybe 40 people. I don't know, but just, it wasn't a lot of people. Uh, but I can remember in a worship service, uh, the spirit just people just begin to to move and 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 I'll never um, I I feel like that worship and praise and worship works hand in hand with the word. I I feel like that it mm. is it, it it sets that it sets the pace uh, for for the miraculous to take place. But during worship service, I'll never forget and something came over the whole congregation. It seems like and I'll never forget my brother. He may have been leading. He may have been leading service then. He was he was just getting into to ministry, 
Um, I, I don't remember the exacts, but I do remember that there was such a power and such a touch. And during that worship service, he was, he was miraculously touched and he knew that something had happened. He knew you, he could feel that something had changed. And uh, he went back to the, had a, a scheduled an appointment in St. Louis, uh, went back to that appointment and uh, he does not, to this day, does not have Crohn's disease, wow. uh, doesn't suffer from any of those kinds of things. Um, that we're talking, this is, you know, 17, 18 years ago, treatments weren't as good then as they are now. And there's still not a cure for that disease. As far as I, as far as I understand, uh, as far as medically, uh, but the Lord touched him in a single moment in a town of about, I don't know, 1100 people. Mm. Um, the Lord touched him and it's through, it was through, uh, just giving yourself when we give ourselves to uh, the Lord, there's something that comes out of our worship. We, it, we, we remove the layers. We are get past the courts and past the gates and we get into a place, um, where the Holy of Holy can work, where he can yes. uh, minister in, in a, in a mighty way. Wow. Oh, I love that stuff. I've never known of anybody healed of Crohn's. Yeah. Man. That's intense. Yep. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Years years ago, when he when he uh, so in that service was it like a Sunday morning service or a youth service or where was that? You know, it was. I think it was just a Sunday a Sunday evening service. Okay. I mean, I'm 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 I I I can see it. I can remember. It's crazy. It's much time and water that's under the bridge, but I can still see particular things specific things that night and uh i believe it was on a i believe it was on a sunday night and there was just a move of faith i i i i think that the word was kind of already going forth but it just there was such a faith in the building and just such a faith yeah. in, in the room and there was just you know just worship couldn't be contained couldn't be shut down praise couldn't be shut down and uh god did showed up in that service and and touched him Wow. Yeah. Man, and we need that because right now in this season where it feels like we, our hearts feel locked down. Faith yes. feels locked yeah. down, you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, you're talking about, I guess in my own words, unscripted church. In the early days of Pentecost, they did that. Mm -hmm. Like in the early 1900s, you know, all of the uh, denominal world had a scripted service, the same thing. You know, people would sh right. show up for mass at 8 a.m., sing right. a few songs out of a book, have a little bit of this, a little of that, 20-minute message, bow your heads, uh, do a Hail Mary, take two shots, and go home. Pentecost mm -hmm. said, we're not doing that. We're, we have no plan. We're going to come together, and, and we're going to wait on God. And So they took the clocks out of the church. Uh, they took mm -hmm. uh, a writing out a plan, and they just said, we're going to worship. And you know what they did? They right. would come together and just start praying and somebody would start singing a song and everybody would join in in the song and then worship and pray, right. cry, talk in tongues. And somebody right. else would sing another song and they just sang till they were done. And then That's whoever it. had the word would just start preaching. Right. And sing and preach. That's when stuff happened. So, and I'm telling, and that's it. And we're going to get, we got to get back. We're going to have to get, I know nobody wants to say it, but we're going to have, we're going to have to, we're gonna to have to get back. We're gonna to have to get away from so much um, 
uh, we got to have order and I understand all of that, but we've got to get away from everything being so scripted and we got to be done by this time. And we got, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I do. We, we've got to, we want to see, we want to profess that, that, that uh, miracle signs and wonders still happen. We've got to allow space and time for that to happen. Yeah. And I like uh, what your church does. Our church does this. You, you have a plan going into it, but when you see, and you can see the signals that God's like, I want to change something. Let it, let it happen. Never quench right. that. Right. Like for instance, yesterday I had a sermon ready to go, ready to preach, had it typed out, ready to go. That's how I normally mm -hmm. do it. I normally go into service knowing what I'm going to preach. Right. But about four hours before I was about to preach, I was looking at the paper and God said, don't preach that. Do not preach that. And I thought, oh, here we go. So I thought, well, I got four hours. I can recreate something else. So God said, I don't want you to preach that. I want you to preach about eternal life. And he gave me the passage in second Corinthians that uh, the temporal is a discouragement to us because our temporal body is passing away, but we mm -hmm. look for the eternal. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there in front of a, a blank document for three hours and nothing came to me. I, I tell you nothing, just the, the title and the scripture. That's all I had. So I walked to that pulpit uh -huh. and I said, God, <laughs> I guess you're just going to have to use my stream of consciousness. And while I was in the pulpit, I didn't plan on saying anything. I just announced my title, read the scripture, and there it went. And I told the story about a guy who came to our church, a teenage boy. He obeyed the gospel, and shortly thereafter that, he died. Uh, he, he drowned accidentally. And mm -hmm. I, was, I was called by the cops to come and identify his body. And when I knelt down in front of his body, I began to speak in mystical tongues. And the interpretation wow. came to me. And the interpretation was he made it. He made it. Wow. I've called my son home. He made it. I couldn't believe it. Well, after that, at that message, uh, somebody came down and talked to me, somebody who's been kind of spiritually discouraged. We haven't seen it church for all, but they came. And uh -huh. he, he said, I recently had somebody very close to me pass away through drowning. This message really touched my heart. He said, I, wow. I haven't been able to connect with God in a long time, but this message touched my heart. And in that wow. moment, like visions came to my mind. I realized why God changed the message. I realized it. What I think happened was that guy wasn't planning on coming to church, but about four or five hours before service started, he's decided I'm going to go to church tonight. And that's why yeah. God changed my mind. Wow. Yeah. God works sometimes with human will, not on your will, but the will of who's going to come. That's exactly you know, right. Who, who's going to be there. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, and I'm not, but what I pray before I minister, whether at home or whether I'm away somewhere, is Lord, you know, you see, you know, who is the, whether I want to pre preach this or, or you have me preach something that I'm very uncomfortable with preaching, you know, who's going to be in this place. And, uh, we've got to allow ourselves, like you were talking about, we've got to allow ourselves to, um, be trust enough in God that if I have to get, if I don't know what I'm going exactly, what I'm going to preach, how it's going to be presented until I stand behind that pulpit that this, this, I'm just simply just a conduit. I'm just uh, the mouthpiece, if you will, for the moment for what God wants to say, not what I want to say, but what God wants to say, mm. because he knows, you know, he knows who's going to, you know what I mean? I mean, um, I can remember early on in ministry, uh, knowing someone caught probably wasn't texting because texting was still kind of 
a little uh, ancient in those times, but somebody would, I, you would bump into someone and they say, hey, I think so-and-so is going to be at church tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And you'd say, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to be preaching. And the first thing I would think about, this is, we're talking 20 years ago, but I would think, man, I got, I, I want to try to, they're going to be here. They've not been in service in a while. I want to try to um, not necessarily tailor a message, but I want to try to, uh, you know, connect in the message with that person. And I found out that many times, um, whether it was just not the will of the Lord or what, but that would get changed. Uh, maybe in the moment, maybe the person wouldn't show up or maybe they would be there, but God would, we have to, we've got to, there's that fine line between, um, um, our will and God's will there, there, there's that, you know, and what we want to say and what he wants us to say. So that's something probably over the last few years, at least the last four or five years that I have really, um, I, I, I believe that we've got to be studied. We've got to be knowledgeable. We've got to be, um, educated in the word. We've got to be prepared. Um, but I also know that there are times that the Lord speaks to me and I know he does this to you too. He speaks to me, um, six months uh, prior and I think that's got to be just for me. And then I walk into a worship service that I'm going to be maybe ministering in or somewhere that I'm going to be, or I walk into a place of business. Uh, I walk into uh, a meeting somewhere and the Lord quickens to me what he ministered to me six months ago and said, this is why I minister to you in your time of, of communion with me. This is why I ministered that to you then so that you could minister it now. Wow. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to put uh, Pastor Ben's uh, contact information in our episode notes, all the links that you can connect with. So be sure to check your episode notes. And uh, if you got a question uh, for Pastor Ben, you have something you want him to pray with you about, feel free to uh, connect with him. And I know the Lord will touch you. Uh, we okay. also want to give a, a shout out to uh, Pastor Ben's Bishop, Bishop Jerry Williams. The yes. uh, senior pastor of Bluff City Apostolic Worship Center, and of course, Pastor Dustin Williams, uh, two great men of God, and it's a phenomenal church. If you're in the area in southeast Missouri, swing by and check it out. The Lord will bless you. Uh, Brother Williams uh, serves as the Section 5 Presbyter of the Missouri District, and uh, Pastor D <laughs> Dustin Williams <laughs> is the youth president. He's our youth president of the Missouri District. Uh, they got a, a great website, a great uh, podcast. They put a lot of their uh, preaching from the pulpit on there. And uh, this past June, uh, during Father's Day, I uh, watched Pastor Ben's message, It Will Happen on Father's Day. And I, I remember looking at that title thinking, okay, how, what does that got to do with Father's Day? And I realized pretty quick in that message, you said, I didn't come here today with a Father's Day message. I came here with a message from the Father. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember, I remember, and here's something that we used to do in the 90s. Whenever uh, the preacher would say something, it really hit you. You, you just kind of fell back in your chair, kind of smacked the back of your head on the back of the pew. You just kind of, you don't really you fall had out. Involved. You fall back. You just, yeah, your neck just kind of did the thing, you know, uh. Now, I was in the living room and that happened. I fell back and leaned forward. But I'm telling you what, that was a word, bro. And it's taken from Ezekiel 12 when he says, none of our words will be delayed, but the word I speak, it will be performed. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, 2020, I got to be honest, this year, I have felt like, you know, God's not going to get to do what he wants to do. You know, COVID-19 has stopped God, you know, but mm. your argument is no, nothing stops God. And right. I remember you saying uh, towards the end, you were talking about it, it was either your mother, or your great grandmother, that God has made her promises. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, yes. My man, great, my tell great, us about yeah. how it's going to happen, man. What's man. Is that, that message still in your heart? Tell us about it. Yeah, it it is actually the Lord gave that to me. I was reading one day I was sitting and I'm not trying to make I was sitting outside. Um, I'd been working on my uh, pool and I was taking a break and I was you sitting have a outside pool? and I do have a pool. I do. Oh. Have a, we, we have those in, in, in Southeast Missouri every once okay. in a while. So I, I tell you what so. I want to do. I want to come down someday and I just want to get on a floaty and just take a nap in your pool. I yeah, do. absolutely. It is. I've it, never it, taken a nap at, in the pool floating. I want to do that. That's well, on my like. Bucket well, come on. Okay. I'll. That's it. I'll have a pink lemonade there waiting for you, and you can just, you can yes. just, you can do that. Yeah, for sure. Come on. And I was sitting there, and I was reading, and and uh, I I went through it. This is this can sound kind of crazy, maybe. I went through, especially during the beginning of this pandemic. I had some sickness that uh, just at the same time, kind of, and I. I don't know if we'll get into that today or not, but that kind of came over me and I would, I would, uh, I'd wake up at different times in the day and, and different yeah, go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead and talk about okay. it. Okay. Well, I, um, I've at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I had some things just with my health that, uh, the doctor they just, uh, with my heart, um, things mm. that would, that would happen. And, uh, and, I feel like I'm, I'm very confident. I still am dealing with some of those things. I've been to several doctors. I've been uh, checked out by different physicians, and uh, they there's nothing there's nothing that's uh, that's wrong with me. And I, I guess I'm proclaiming that today uh, yes. in Jesus' name and and letting it be recorded here uh, today. Uh, I had people. I had uh, my bishop. I had uh, prophet in my life uh, tell me that this was just just an attack this was a spirit that was trying to uh, attack me uh, and just with fear the spirit of Jezebel just trying to uh, to to weaken me and 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 scare me and push me in place and that's what the spirit of fear and I I, I know we we're talking about Ezekiel 12 and I, I'm gonna get back to that but yeah. that's what the spirit the, the spirit that is behind this pandemic is a spirit of fear. And it is not, we, I believe, and you, you can correct me, you can edit this if you want. Um, but I just, I truly believe that everything, I said this last night at, a, at our gathering, um, I believe that everything is spiritual. And yes. I believe. We ain't editing that I'm out, up. believe me. That's what <laughs> spirit signal is. We ain't editing that Every, out. No. Everything is spiritual. And for everything that happens in the supernatural, there is something in the natural that is going to try to reflect that. And when we, the pandemic started and we had to lock down, we had to uh, cease from gathering. We had to be masked. We had to, uh, all those different kinds of things on the natural, that was an attack. And while I understand mm. that there are precautions, there are things that we have to take in that, that have been taken into place. I mean, obviously yeah. you've dealt with COVID firsthand. I've dealt with it in, in my home, double pneumonia, the whole night, you know, we under, we understand 
the importance of doing the things and trying to prevent the spread. I, I'm not here to talk about uh, the virus itself, but I'm talking about the spirit that is behind that. And it mm-hmm. has tried so hard, uh, Pastor Justin, it has tried so hard to uh, silence, to shut up the church, yeah. to keep us. Last night we were praying and I said, I, I'd been, I've been on lock, I've been quarantined for three weeks. And last night um, we gathered together and I said, this is exactly what the enemy does not want to happen. There was such a freedom in prayer and, and, and worship last night in our service. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place. And I felt right then to say it, this is exactly what the enemy does not want to take place. This is what this pandemic, while it has been uh, awful and while it has affected people, it has uh, diseased people's bodies it, with some of them with long-term uh, effects. This, this is deeper than that. This is to try to silence and immobilize, uh, to, to, to shut down uh, the work that God, and we could all say across the board in our churches that nothing has went as planned, I would say, that you could say in Kansas City at the Life Church, nothing has went as planned. I mean, I was, we were in, I was in service, the last time I was in service with you, you all had, uh, we're starting a campaign, Finish Strong, is that what it is? Yeah, Finishing Strong, and, yep. Yeah, finishing strong, and what an amazing uh, campaign and 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 thing! Just the spirit behind that, and I know that this year has probably not went as planned, maybe for all those different kinds of things. And um, I said all that to say this: that spirit of fear is still right now trying so hard to stop me and stop you. But what God showed me was that while I need to be in service while I need that the fellowship while I need those things what I need more than that is his voice what he is speaking mm. and what he is saying and so one day I'll go back to the Ezekiel 12 now the, there was a period of time Pastor Justin you tell me if this has ever happened to you but the Lord would just give me it, it was almost it wasn't a game but it was almost like I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would be having almost like convulsions. I would just be, I couldn't stop. I was shaking. I couldn't stop shaking. And I would get up, slip up out of my bedroom and, and go to a quiet place. And the Lord would just say, it wasn't, it wasn't scriptures uh, per se uh, that would come to me as far as, but it would be a, it would be a book. It would be a chapter. It would be a verse. And the Lord would say, go to this. And I would read it. And it would, it was like those words jumped off of the page. And I feel whenever Ezekiel 12, when that came into my spirit, the enemy is trying so hard to say, it's not going to happen. Ha ha. Look at everything that has been promised. Look at all of, all of, look at you, this. Yes. Ha ha. This is the end time. This is, this is, this is supposed to be your greatest hour. This is supposed to be the church's greatest hour. There's been things that have been spoken and promised all the way from your great grandmother that you've not seen come to pass in your family. Mm. Is it really going to happen? Can it really happen now? And the Lord said, Ezekiel 12. And I begin to read that. I don't have it pulled up here. But I begin to read that and the Lord said, I'm going to do something that's going to, that I'm fixing. You just watch. I'm about to do something that COVID cannot control, Mm. that the CDC cannot control, that the government can't control. What I'm about to do, there is no man that could start it and there's no man that can stop it. And I believe surely right now that if we will allow ourselves and align ourselves, I'm going to say this too, because you just said something about 
uh, a shout out to my bishop and to my pastor. I want to say this right now. I don't know why I feel led to say this, but I want to say this maybe to some a young person that's listening. The most important thing in your life, in your ministry, you want to be used in the gifts. In the gifts, I believe God is wanting to use us. He's gifted us with those things, and yes. he wants us to unwrap those things in our lives. But we can do nothing, and we are powerless without a covering. Wow. We've Come got on. to have a covering, Pastor Justin. Yeah. We do. Yeah. I mean, we sh we can't stand by. I, I You can't. We've got to have a covering because that is where apostolic authority originates from and comes from. It's a covering. We have got to have a covering in our lives. Yep. Uh, yeah, you, you hate who God has sent. You hate God. And the Lord has sent pastors to oversee us and watch over us. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I've noticed it before. People that say, I don't need no pastor, whatever. They're the, they're the most carnal, stupid people out there doing nothing for God. Well, there's no, they have no, that's absolutely right. And there's no, then there's, there's no gauge. There's no one to tell wow. you. There's no one to, t and while thankfully, and in, in this most, there's, if you don't have someone in your life that can tell you no, mm -hmm. whether it's something that is no, nothing that shouldn't even matter, or whether it's something that is life altering. If you can't have someone in your life that tells you no, there, you've got, you're not spiritually aligned. Come on. Come on. So. Yes. I'm with you on that. And you know, when you, when you start to get out from underneath that, that covering, that's when the sin starts happening. That's when you get lost. That's when all of a sudden you get fired. Your marriage falls yeah. apart. Your kids won't, don't want to have anything to do with you. Uh, everybody unfriends you. Nobody invites you to yeah. anything. <laughs> Fine. Get, yeah, pastor, you keep... Then you, then you, yeah, and then you think you can just listen to any voice. Yeah, you know, if you can't I mean? get along with your pastor, you ain't going to get along with the church. So that's a word for right. all you schmucks out there. So yeah, <laughs> so there's a reason for Pastor Appreciation Month. Yes, Amen. happy Pastor Appreciation Month, by the way. Amen. Yes, absolutely. So uh, God has given your your grandmother. It sounds like she's a still the spiritual matriarch. Well, okay, so let me tell you this. She is actually my great-grandmother, and she has – now, I bring up things that she – and I've done this several times, which I, I grew up in uh, Bluff City uh, Church, and I was there until I was uh, 21 and then left for a season to, for ministry and, and to pastor and different things like that, and I'm there again. And so I – I have a, uh, I share sometimes when I'm preaching it, especially there, uh, with, with, uh, I share things that, that I can remember her saying she has, she, she is passed on, but she left some things and I'll never forget. I sat with her, uh, right before she, um, and I say this, she left a mantle, um, that she desired for it to be to be picked up and so i share mm. some of those promises and i i re remind myself sometimes just by myself sometimes to my wife sometimes to my family and sometimes to my church family specifically of some of the promises and the declarations that that were made um by her and by what the spirit uh flowed and said through her um i can remember uh, from just my youngest, uh, the youngest uh, age, at a young age, I can remember the stories that she would tell about how she received 
the Holy Ghost and the revelation of Jesus. And she was actually out in a cotton field with my great great grandmother who had received the Holy Ghost, and my and uh, my great grandmother received the gift of the Holy Ghost in a cotton field uh, with. She wasn't in a service. It wasn't scripted, wow. uh, but she was, she was hungry. There was a hunger for God and she received the Holy ghost. Um, and just, just like that, I could tell you story and story and story and story after her, but there are promises in our family that, that I have yet to see come to pass. But I believe that mm. when the Lord speaks something, he, it does not expire with the natural person that he spoke it to. Yeah. When he speaks something into existence, he's an eternal God. And when he speaks something into existence, it, it, it doesn't expire. It does. And it will come to pass what he said he will do. He will perform it. He will do it. Mm. There is nothing, nothing that can stop it. I, I feel, I feel the help in this room right now. There's nothing that can stop it. Maybe somebody's listening today and you feel, they feel like you feel like that it is all hope is lost nothing has went right. I know people personally that through this have, uh, that, that, that they have more money now than they had before the pandemic. And I know people that are mm. going through bankruptcy right now because of the pandemic. I know sure. people that have, have had never had Corona that never probably will get Corona, but sickness has attached itself to their body. And they feel like this is, this is surely, this is not the season. And this is not what God had destined for my life. But I just know that he is working and that he is moving. There is something powerful in this hour. Man, we are living. You know what? We have talked about this, Pastor Justin. We have lived this. I heard it all my life. I shared the other day. I can remember uh, about three weeks ago, I preached on a Sunday morning service, uh, the congregation at Bluff City. And I said, I can remember the first time that the Lord nagged or pulled at my heart. I was laying under the pew picking off gum. Uh, that was under the pew. That's another thing that 80s and 90s yes. kids know about that, that that the kids don't know about now. But there was gum from the teenagers and different ones that had stuck gum under the pew. And I was I can remember oh being God. under the pew, probably five or six years old, under the pew and picking that gum off and trying to chew it. <coughs> and and I can remember it, it had no it didn't have a good flavor at all. So but yikes! I can remember that, and I can remember the pull of God then and that and 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 the preacher saying he's coming he's coming we are living in the in the last days and we have heard that now that was you know I can remember that when I was four or five years old I'm, I just turned 39 so 35 years later um, don't get desensitized don't get caught up in the moment and think hey we've got four more years or hey we've got eight more years we are in that we are maybe we do before that trumpet sounds but we are living in those in the hour where God wants to manifest himself greater and larger and stronger than he ever has. And he needs me. He needs you. He needs every person uh, that's listening. He needs a church to rise up in the middle of a time of shut up, shut down. You need to mind your own business and do your own thing. We need to go into in the spirit. We need to go full guns blazing. We need to pursue what God has spoken, what he has said, because truly we are, I, we talk about it and we want to be the, we want to be the generation that sees the coming of the Lord. We want to see it happen, but we really don't, we don't really want to be taken sometimes out of our comfort zone. We don't want to be taken out of, of the norm. We don't want our things ever, you know, I told my wife the other day, we, uh, 
about a month ago, we went out of town. We went to a town that had experienced not just the pandemic effects, but also had a tornado. Jonesboro, Arkansas had a tornado go oh, through yeah. it. Um, and that was one of our uh, fun spots uh, to go to and, and just for eating downtown, shopping and all those different kinds of things. And we went and it, it had just almost an eerie feeling to it, just yeah. like any place has that has had a natural disaster of some sort. And I tell my wife, I said, this stinks. She said, well, I said, our kids will never know. They will never know the good days like we had. And I promise you, I got in my vehicle and the Lord convicted me. And he said, if your kids, if I desired for your kids to know what you called the good days that they're never going to see, you would have been, you would have had your kids 10 years ago, 15 years ago. He said, what I'm doing right now, you, you've got to, you've got to take your sights We've got to take our sights off of the natural and we've got to get locked into the supernatural because there's a different perspective and a different viewpoint and a different point of view in the spirit right now than what we are being sold and what we are seeing with our natural eyes. Wow. So Mm. I said, all I have to say this, my grandma, I want to say this real quick. I know we're probably on a time crunch, but I want to, I want to tell you just a story about her. My grandma, when she was, um, she had many or she had several children and um she had um a son her oldest son and she was uh she was close to him his name was hezekiah and um this is the kind of relationship that my grand this is why i trust the words uh that were spoken to her and the promises uh for our our church and the promises for our family. This is why, this is why I, uh, this is why I can trust that. I want to share this story with you real quick. She had her oldest son's name was Hezekiah and, um, he would go swim. We have a river here called black river and, um, and it's close. It was close. It's close. I could, I could remember every Sunday and every Monday going to my great grandma's house on Sundays after church for dinner and I never knew Pastor Justin why she would say, Ben, she said we would as we would be leaving the sanctuary to get out of the she would still be speaking in tongues and 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 just speaking things. And she'd say, I wish that we didn't have to leave this place. And I thought mm-hmm. in my mind, well, we have Sunday night service. We got Tuesday night service. We that's when we had multiple services, you know, through the midweek. And I said, well, I thought, well, there's several times. And I didn't realize until just recently, and those words in the last six months came to my mind. And I know exactly what she was talking about. She was talking about that spirit realm that you can get in that, that the natural can't, can't enter into. So her son, Hezekiah, she um, was her oldest son. And we've got a a river I said just a moment ago, a river, Black River that was runs close to their house. And um, it was not uncommon for them to go and go swimming uh, there. And so he said, hey, mom, I'm going to go with so-and-so, uh, his friend, and I'm going to go and swim and uh, at Black River, and I'll be back in a little while. And uh, as he began to go up the lane, there was a, just a feeling came over her. Uh, and uh, she 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 began to pray and um she began to wrestle you know sometimes we feel things um and we think ah that's just that's just the uh pizza or that's just uh too many cups of coffee too much uh too much caffeine or too many shots of espresso or whatever but uh 
she started having just a just an odd feeling uh, about about that. And as he as he distanced on, in the lane going up the road, she felt in her spirit that she that that would be the last time that she would see him and uh, alive. And so she went to the Lord in prayer, and she had one of those moments where we uh, where we where we almost wrestle with God. And she wrestled for about two hours and uh, she was given basically the choice. And the Lord said to her, um, do you love Hezekiah more or do you love me more? Mm. And she was wrestling with him. And I feel very strongly uh, that I am setting here today with, uh, with, with, uh, with a heritage, uh, that I wouldn't be sitting here with, if she would have said, you know, I do, I do love you, Lord, but I, he's my oldest son. Uh, I, 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 he's, you know, my grandmother was young. They were young when they got married. They were young when they had children. And this had, this was our oldest son who had become, was like a friend, you know, just besides the son, but was a friend close to her. And she said, Lord, you know, after she wrestled with him for about two hours with the Lord for two hours in prayer, she said, you know, that I love you more than I love Hezekiah more than I mm. love my life more than I love any of those things. And, uh, 30 minutes later, there was, she said a peace came over her room that she was setting in. She had a prayer chair that I can still, the house is not even standing anymore, but I could still, uh, go right to that place in my mind. And, uh, she said she could see the lane from her chair and she seen a car, a black car driving down the lane about 30 minutes later. And they said, Mrs. Hastings. And she said, yes. And they said, we found your son. He is drowned in black river. Oh. And she knew before he drowned that he was going to drown. Um, and the Lord just simply said, do you love me more or do you love him more? And we don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. I don't want to think about that kind of stuff, Pastor Justin. I don't want to even let my mind go there. But that's the kind of relationship that people used to have with God. Yeah. Mm. And now we want to bargain with him sometimes and say, come on, can we, can we, can we have, we want to give a little, take a little. Yeah. Wow. But, but it's in those moments, it's in those moments of that when we, when we submit everything, what was she doing? She wasn't really saying, I don't love Hezekiah and I, and, I, and I love you. That's not really what she was saying. She was saying, I love you. I love your will more than I love my own life. Because I don't know about you, but the thought of losing a child, I know people personally that have lost children, the thought of losing a child is is, is, is worse than me losing my own life in my mind. Right. And yeah. that, that's a play, you know what I'm saying? That's a place. She had another son, her youngest son, Randy. Now I'll tell you this real fast. was a backslider. He'd gotten into church. Bluff city had had, uh, there was one of the revivals that they had had where they had just, uh, over a hundred people receive the Holy ghost and be baptized. And I believe it was during one of those times he had gotten into, into church and he had backslidden and he was working with another man that had backslid that was not in the church and they were working in a building and the building exploded. Oh. And, um, they had 
severe, severe, severe burns in uh, internally and on and 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 everything. And they rushed them to uh, to St. Louis to the hospital, and they didn't think that they said they won't make it to the hospital. And him and this guy, but my grandma had been, had been praying. She never stopped praying for him when he left the church. When he decided not to come to the church, she had been praying for him, and the Lord had promised her that he was going to be saved. And um, so when she got the call, she wasn't, uh, she wasn't alarmed. She said, it all is well, it's going to be, everything is going to be fine. And she was promised that he would, that he, that he would be saved. And so they made it, they couldn't believe they unloaded them from the ambulance. They couldn't believe that they were both alive and they were in the same room. They put them in the same room. Of course, things were different then. treatments are not the same. And, you know, care is just totally different in those days. Um, and they were in the room and they could barely speak. And both of those men, it was recorded that both of those men, both backsliders, uh, began to speak in tongues. And mm. shortly after that, they were checked on again and they had both passed. Mm. That's the promises. That's the promises of God. Wow. That's the promises of God. And so because of those things, I told you those stories, I, for, for the mere fact or reasoning, that I know that when God speaks something, it will come to pass. It yes. will happen. It will, it will, it is the will of the Father. He's not, I'm paraphrasing, he's not a man. He's not a, a temporal thing that can lie, that can change his mind. If he said it, he's going to do it. It yes. may not happen when I think it's going to happen. It may, we may have to go through a pandemic. This may not be the worst thing that we go through while we're on this earth. It's probably not going to be. Probably not. But there's going to be a sovereign move that cannot be stopped by any temporal thing on this earth. And it's happening right now. It is happening right now. There is a shift in the spirit. God is doing something. I'm, I, I, I don't know if you can feel that where you're at, but I can feel that down here in Poplar Bluff. I feel in it. The rain right now. I can feel that right now. There's something that is happening, something that's changing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. God is in it. God is doing it. Wow. Those are incredible stories, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thank the Lord for godly thank you grandmothers. For yeah. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, I'll tell you one more. Let me tell you one more just because yeah. people get kicks out of this. So one night uh, after church, my great grandma, my grandma and my mom all in the church, uh, we had left a, a, a Sunday night service and there was a, uh, the church is, is the area is not always, you know, uh, uh, sometimes it can be, you don't leave, you leave that area and there's can be some, anyways, there's a grocery store that's nearby. And uh, my great grandma said, Hey, I need a loaf of bread. And uh, so my grandma said, well, well, she was, my grandma was driving. I was just a, I was just a kid. And she said, uh, we, I'll just run in real quick and get it for you. And, uh, and so she got out of the car and left the car running and ran in. This was in, this was in the, uh, this was in the late eighties, probably early nineties. So we going back to the nineties. And, um, and so as she went in, a man started staggering, came over and was hollering and headed towards our car. And my mom said, I'm going to lock the doors. And my grandma said, no, don't do that. It's going to make him it's going to make him more angry. And he got close. And as his hand extended to, uh, to touch the handle, to open the driver's door, he was going to get it. My mom said, he was going to get in that driver's door and take off with us. 
is what he was going to do. And as he extended his hand to that driver's door, my grandma, hey, my great grandma, the one that I just told you the stories about, said, in Jesus name. And when she said in Jesus name, that man fell backwards on his back, (laughs) stood up and looked around and took off running in the other direction. Woo! Yeah. Come on. Hey, and that same power. (laughs) Go ahead. So let me get this straight. Grandma said, don't lock the door. Uh, That'll make him angry. Right. Just let it stay open. He gets near. He's coming in to do whatever harm. Grandma says, in the name of Jesus. And it was like God just punched that man. He just fell back. Just just punched him. He just just fell backwards, stood up, looked around like he didn't know where he was at and took Mm. off in the other direction. There is a God. Wow. There is a God. Yeah. So when so I'm gonna start preaching here if I'm gonna have to be careful. So when yeah. my back is against the wall, Pastor Justin, and I don't know what I'm gonna do, there is still a name that is above every name. Yes, there is. There is still, I'm telling you, I feel the presence of the Lord right here in my room right now. I do too. There is there is a God is what he's doing something on, on in this earth right now. He is doing something in this earth right now. Yes, he is. Amen. Yeah. Miracles can happen any moment, any time right. where God has talked about, where he is praised, scripted, unscripted, no matter what, exactly. God can do a miracle. And we want to see yes, the works sir. of God. We want to see the signs of God, mm-hmm. the signals of God. Amen. Uh, Pastor Ben, something I've heard you talk about before is uh, changes and transitions in ministry. I've heard you say, Mm -hmm. I've been full-time, I've been no time, I've been this and that. And God does this for all of us. He changes our ministry. Right. Uh, When do you, you know, because that's probably going on for people right now. Mm -hmm. When do you know God is beginning to change your ministry? Well, it can happen a few different ways. I can remember one time in particular for me was the, 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 transition when I was had been youth pastoring and uh, took a season to uh, evangelize some um, there is something the Lord will make you um, he can make you feel uncomfortable in a very familiar place and um, I hope I'm going in the right direction right now for you um, he I can remember being in that situation, uh, this, this particular situation and being in a very comfortable place, being around people who had become, you know, like family and the Lord just began to make me feel, uh, uncomfortable, not uncomfortable with them. There's no, no, no problems there, but just uncomfortable with myself. Anytime that we're in a season, I believe that when we are, um, in the, in the will of God, there is always, even if, even if we're facing turmoil, there's a, there's an inner peace yes. that we have. And when he begins to shift and when he begins to transition us, um, that peace stays with us. But if we, he moves, he's always moving. And when, when we are in perfect alignment with him, or when we are in alignment with him spiritually, we are going to move in the direction that he moves. But there's something about us getting out of our comfort zone um, that that really just messes uh, it messes me up, anyways. And maybe I refer to myself as being left-handed, 
but maybe that's why, but, but there's something that, that, that just kind of, uh, erupts and, 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 and messes me up when I'm taken out of my comfort zone. And so I would yeah. say one of the ways that I, when I, when God has transitioned me from one place to another or into one season of ministry to another, is going to be my comfort level. Um, sometimes it is perfectly fine to be comfortable and sometimes it is not okay to be comfortable. It can and actually be very helpful you, to your spirituality to be uncomfortable. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so I felt I had a comfort for so long. And then all of a sudden I was uncomfortable, uh, not uncomfortable with any situations. Uh, it was nothing. It was all completely personal between me and God and my wife. Um, there, it was, it was a shifting time, a transitioning time. Um, and, and that was one way that I knew things that had always been fine and that had always worked uh, in my personal life were no longer working anymore. And that was God getting my attention. It is time now. I'm ready to move you. This is what I have for you to do. I don't think it's ever a good idea to just uh, wake up and say, you know what, my mood's changed. We see too much of that right now where people wake up and they say, my mood's changed and I think I'm going to do this or I'm going to move here. I'm going to do that. Um, that's probably not politically correct to say, but it's the truth. Um, we are so weird, man. We're so people are so swayed by just how they feel. If, I mean, if they're Cheerios, if if they get a little soggy, they're ready to just, uh, jump ship and move somewhere else. That's (laughs) not what I, that's not the uncomfortableness I'm talking about. There's a difference when you know that the Lord, there is a certain pull. I can't, I can only say it. I can't really describe it, but there's a certain pull in, on, in your heart and in your spirit when God is transitioning and when he is, he's, he's moving. I wish I had some notes in front a of me to, on to the talk heart. to you about yeah. a pull on the heart is, is something. And we are pulled in a hundred different directions, but there is no tug like the tug of the Holy ghost. Come on. And if you'll be sensitive to that, that's, that's one. I don't know if that, if I really answered your question or not, but, yeah, you did. but that, 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 that would be it. Just the uncomfortable just that taking the comfort, my com- taking me out of my comfort zone and putting me into a place. Now I pray that, you know, I, some people are always ready to move, always ready to do this, always ready to do that. I'm ready to do, I want to just be, I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm going to say this, maybe this is a next question, but the generation that we are in, the, the time that we are in, no one is, no one can be, I, I am settled enough with myself that if this is what I believe God is always doing more and always building us, whether we want to say our ministry or what he's doing through us, God is always catapulting and always trying to take us to another level. But we have got to learn to be content. Not, I don't mean to just set up camp and say, this is it. This is no more. This is all I'm going to be. That's not what I'm talking about. But we have got to learn to be content in the season, in the area that we are in, because if we will be content in those times, then that is showing God, God, I trust you right now. It seems like, it seems like I'm not doing very much ministry wise. It seems like I'm not doing very much maybe in this area or that area. And I thought I would be further along in this and yada, yada, yada. But I'm learning pastor Justin, that when I can be content with what I'm doing and where I'm at, it proves to God, God, I trust you in this season. I trust you right now. And that is a signal I believe to God that tells him, okay, down the road, six months from now, a year from now, you're going to be in this area and you could trust me here. So I've got confidence that you can trust me. 
Oh yeah, that's exactly how this works. That trust factor, being right where God wants you to be. You know, when he transitions you, when he moves you, when he places you in different different places. You look at Abraham, that happened. Moved God moved him around. Paul, always on the move. You know, things like that. You gotta it's it's a trust deal with God. Amen. And I want to say this. I want to say this real quick, just to just to throw in there, because I don't want I don't want there to ever I don't want my words to ever be misconstrued. I don't want I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying anything bad. I have been fortunate and blessed. Me and my wife have been fortunate and blessed my whole life, but especially our married life and in, in ministry together as a married couple, we have been very fortunate to be under uh, the pastoral leadership that we have been under. Uh, through our different seasons, we have not had we've not had had a lot of changes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the changes that we have had, we have been fortunate to be under great, great leadership who was always. When I say uncomfortable and all those things, it doesn't mean that things were bad. It means that they were confident enough in the will of God for our lives to know, hey, it's time. You know yes, what I'm saying? I do. And so that, and I'm, let me say that too when I was youth pastoring and I felt the transition that it was time to do something different for a while. And it was really the Lord looking back now, it was the Lord preparing me uh, for uh, a period of time when I would pastor. Um, I was feeling uncomfortable and my pastor, it was pastor Marty Bryant. We were in Puxico greater vision and we had helped them uh, uh, at the very birth conception of that church and had been there for several years. uh, Probably. I don't know how many years we had been there, but we had been there probably 10 years maybe and, um, or so. And, um, I can remember feeling uncomfortable and it almost, I was like, I feel bad because I have nothing. There's nothing that I can, you know what I mean? I'm in a perfect place, man. I was given the opportunity to minister, to preach for my ministry. As far as pulpit ministry, I was given just a great opportunity that most people are not, you know what I mean? That, that, some people are not given. I was given a great opportunity to, to, uh, for those things. And, and, and I can remember going a month or two and feeling very uncomfortable. And then pastor Marty Bryant uh, said, Hey, I'd like to, I want to meet with you and your wife. And, uh, we were, he wasn't just our pastor. We were very good friends. And so I didn't know, you know, what, I didn't think a whole lot about it. And he said, I feel like there's something that's shifting. I feel Mm, like there's something that's changing. And so God will not, he, I want to say that God will not ever put you in a position that he hasn't already paved the path for. It may not make sense. I'm looking back now, eight, nine years later, and I'm saying, yes, this makes perfect sense. I see it now. You know what I'm saying? At the time, I maybe didn't see it, but I'm looking back now and I'm thinking, God, you, he orchestrated this. God will never leave you. He's not going to put you. I know the enemy wants you to think that God is always going to put you in a tough spot, in a spot that's uncertain and all those different kinds of things. If you'll turn around and look at what God does, he always orchestrates it for yes. your best interest and for his will to be accomplished. Wow. So Pastor Bryant could could feel it. He, he knew a shift yes. was coming. Wow. Yes, Shout did. out yes, to Pastor Marty Bryant. Wow. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, and God that's what God gives pastors for. And that's that's a way you know you're in the will of God and confirmation. Your pastor will see what you're seeing. He'll feel it too. Mm-hmm. You know, God'll put them on yep. the same page as you. Wow. Yes. Amen. Yes, um one of the major talking points that we have on this podcast is the subject of dating, engagement, marriage, all of that. Something we call around here healthy relationships. How did you and Sister W start dating? 
how, oh, how did the spark start flying? Oh, Jesus. All right, here we hey, go. Hey, so let me tell you, this is hilarious because this is, uh, I see we've been married 18 years, dated 19 years. So, so about 19 years ago, we started dating in November of 2001. And then we were married in December of 2002. And so in October uh-huh. of 2001, I'm, I'm showing my age here, but I'm not 40 yet, but I'm close. <laughs> so we were on, I, she, she, I think she kind of had probably a boyfriend at the time. Oh, and, um, but, um, but but it, it it was it was on the it was can you edit that I mean what you edit oh we're leaving um, that in no. <laughs> and uh, and she thought that I had a girlfriend or two probably but oh. I didn't and uh, mm. we I was just I was just friends and uh, we were on it's funny that you bring this up because we just said she just we just talked about this like two nights ago when the weather well maybe over the weekend when the weather started changing. Because, yeah. you know, it just brings back, you know, weather, it's crazy. It can bring back seasons, bring back memories from years ago. You yeah, know? it does. And so we were at a hayride. We used to have an annual hayride uh, at the uh, Lewis Farm in Grandin, Missouri. And um, Missouri. we were on Missouri. And yeah. we had been around the bonfire and got on the hayride. And she had just, her family had just moved uh, to our church. And, uh, so she was, she was the new kid on the block. And, um, and so we were on the hayride and I, uh, I somehow squeezed in by her, you know, and, uh, and, and we kind of started talking and it was one of those fall, you know, the, the harvest moon type thing. And so the stars are out, everything, everything is just perfect. And, uh, I took her by the hand. And I said, and, and she died that night laughing and, and everyone around us thought I was an idiot too, but that's okay. It's and okay. I said, I said, someday we will be looking at these same stars with our children. <laughs> and she jerked, she jerked her hand back from me and hit me in the, in the shoulder probably and said, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Oh. And so the other night, it was we were we're, we were still in quarantine and everyone was going crazy and so i said let's go for a drive and so we went for a drive and uh the weather we got out to come back in the house and the stars were out and the heart the moon was was bright Mm. and uh, she started laughing kind and i knew you know when you're married after you're married so long you just know before nothing even has to be said it's just gonna be a chuckle or a laugh and you yeah. know what they're thinking. I said, yeah. I said, I said, someday we'll be looking at these same stars. And I had two screaming kids in the backseat with us. I said, someday we'll be looking at these same stars with our kids. And anyway, so that's, that's how we, that's, that, oh. that's not, we met at church. So everything is good. But you let me, let me tell you something that's crazy is we had been in the same, at the same conferences, conventions, in the same church services and we're friends with the same people. And we had never met before uh. until, uh, she started coming to that, coming to our church and we, she came to our church on a Sunday and then we had like the hayride or whatever was, was, was the next, was the next weekend. We had never, we had, it, it was just crazy. I was like, you were at that in such and such. She was like, well, yeah, I was at that. And I was friends with so-and-so and, 
they were dating this one and that, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. it's just crazy. She'd say, I, we used to run into this person at, you know, Walmart used to be the cool thing. You go to Walmart after, after church on Sunday nights, cause there was yes. nothing else to do. And, um, after you go and eat. And so I'd say, we'd see this one and I would be there and she would be there and we'd never, we'd never remembered each other at all. It's like, God just kind of just set it up, you know? So Anyways, he did that. So, he did that for my. He did that for my benefit because come if she had met me before, she would have. You know, I was probably something. So, so <laughs> it, it wasn't. Hey, you have pretty eyes. Hey, I think you're so smart. Hey, I'd like to get to know you. It was. Hey, you and I are looking at stars, and one day we'll look at these stars with our kids. That's exactly it. Come on, that bro. I mean, I've never heard such a like forward serious it's first statement over, you make man. to the girl you like. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even tell her how you felt about her. It was, hey, no. kids, kids, yeah. man. Well, yeah. you know, people joke about what they're serious about. And oftentimes uh, a prophetic word gets put into your spirit and it comes out in a humorous forward way like yeah. that. And hey, yeah. and she had a boyfriend. And, yeah. on the, and, and it's a hayride. Everybody's around. Everybody heard. Uh, everybody wow. heard me, man. Everybody was laughing. Everybody thought. I, everybody always thought I was just just a cut up, and you know, and all that. So everybody just laughed, and everybody, you know, whatever. And then, you know, a year later, we got married. So that's how serious that's you got to be about it. And you know what? It's flattering uh, to a lady, you know, a single lady when a single guy does that. You know, yeah. and it has to be done, of course, with respect and, and things like that. Sure. But, you know, and I think guys need to hear that nowadays. A lot of guys don't know how to how to approach a girl. And, and something like that will get her attention. Something like that kind of breaks the ice. You know, yeah, you mean, can't, you know I, I was going right. to say, you can't you can't get a girl's attention when you DM her and just say, hi. Uh, what, okay. Yeah, that's ordinary. You You're know not going to get her attention. Not, that's exactly right. And guys, stop. I don't know what it is right now, but I, I'm hearing more and more about girls that are asking guys out. What is Dude. up with that? I don't know, man. Guys just, I, I don't know. They, they don't know how to treat a real woman, you know, yeah. I, you know, so, uh, yeah, you got, you got to figure uh -huh. it out and something like that'll work. I'll t I'll t you want to know what I said to my wife, you know, I, when I first met her, it was a wedding. So you can't start talking about stars and, and kids and stuff, you know, at a, at yeah. a wedding. Right, so, right, right. <laughs> gotta be on your best behavior. But the yes, first, I got her number, and the first time I called her, I uh, I I told her it was nice to meet her, and I just said it. I just said, "You want to know what the what I thought about when I when we first met?" She goes, "What?" I said, "I thought to myself, what would it be like to have my mouth on hers?" <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. But I tell you what, when you know it's right, and she's the yeah. one, and you have a heart for her you know, something romantic like that, you'll, you'll say it. And yeah. it broke the ice and I figured out pretty quick. Uh, I, I wouldn't say, uh, she had, she, she kind of thought I was a jerk at, at first when she <laughs> met me, be, uh, other things happened. I've, we've talked about that in past episodes, but I, I have a personality. I can be a little bombastic at times, but I'm really a nice man. I'm really a nice oh, guy yeah, for sure. Yeah. And some of that's just thematics, but you know, I was letting her know, that you are very special to me. You are very special to me. You're, 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 there's something so wonderful about you that that's what I thought about. And you know what, that we had a great uh, dating experience. Uh, we, 
uh, we dated 21 months and, and then got married. Uh, and like you said, a year's time, a year is really good. I think yeah. a lot can just happen in, in for humanity in a calendar year, you know, sure. Sure. So that's, that's great. And, yeah. uh, you know, COVID-19, a lot of, uh, great, uh, marriages have happened, a lot of, uh, engagements somehow. And, you know, we've learned to, uh, yeah. navigate all around that. And it just, you know, and even the prophets said this, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel all said things like this to the people, you need to continue to live. You know, even though we're in captivity, we're in a foreign land, we need to continue to live. We still need to give our children away in marriage. We still need to have children, right. grandchildren. Pastor Ben, you need next time the stars right. are out, you need you need to hold uh, Sister W's hand and say, one day we'll look at these stars with our grandkids. <laughs> oh man, come on, come well, on. Uh, let me talk. I want to talk about being a dad. Okay. Being a dad, you know, it's been tough to be a dad this time of year. Uh, yes. You know, especially dads that like to get out, take their kids to places. They all shut down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of how have you been uh, navigating being a dad here recently? You know what? It has been, um, it has definitely, this, this year has been uh, one for the books on, on being on a challenge uh, for, for a dad, especially um, I'm, I'm gone out of the home during the day, obviously working. And so our time together is, at night and on the weekends and, and vacations and, you know, and different things like that. And, um, it has been, it's been interesting because obviously we can't go. There's been places that we wanted to go that have been canceled, um, and, and things like that. But I will tell you this one thing that I feel like, um, and I'll have to ask my eight year old later if she agrees with me, but I do feel like that through this, we have probably, we have had, we have, found our family we have found uh new ways and new avenues to uh of let's just say it like this spending time together is different now uh than it was a year ago you know what i'm saying yeah. i mean it, it it's 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 different it's, it's different. different um there's a lot more staying at home or a lot more being confined maybe to uh doing things that are different we had always said we're spending time together and we're running a hundred miles an hour uh, on a vacation somewhere, you know, and while we are making memories and, and all those different kinds of things that can't be replaced. We also, you get back and you think, what did we even do? I don't even, re you know what I mean? What I know we see, we saw this and the kids did this and we got this or we done that, but what did we really, you know what I mean? What did we really, yeah. what did we really do? So I can say that I am closer this year um, to my kids. And mm. I hope that's not a, I hope that's not a, I hope that doesn't make me sound like that. I've been a bad dad, but I feel closer to my kids and more connected to my kids now than I ever felt. I mean, I want to share something with you too, wow. um, real quickly, uh, that may be off the subject, but talking about being a dad. Um, so right before the pandemic happened last year, Sage really was feeling like, uh, she was she's eight this year. She was seven uh, when she really started feeling six and seven when she really started feeling this, but she just knew that she needed to be filled with the Holy ghost and was asking me about it, mm. about being baptized. So we were preaching out one night and um, she came to the altar and began to pray. And um, she was really, I mean, uh, to say she was on the verge is an understatement, but her concept, her realization of what was taking place. I wanted her 
to realize what was taking. I wanted her with all full confidence to realize that God was filling her with the Holy Ghost. Well, that night she didn't claim the Holy Ghost, but she said, I've got to be, I've got to be baptized. I cannot. I can. And so we, she was, you know, and you have things always so plain, like you're going to set up when this one's baptized or that one's bad. But she felt such a burning desire to be baptized that we were preaching in uh, Oran, Missouri. And I asked Pastor Flanagan, I said, Is, would it be okay if she's baptized here tonight? And of course they were ecstatic and happy, uh, as happy as we were. Um, and it was kind of funny because when we left, we called uh, our bishop and and told him, hey, you know, Sage wanted to, to be able to tell him, wanted him to know that she had been baptized. Um, but I said, I'll have to say this, right before the pandemic, she was really seeking the Lord and seeking the Holy Ghost. And then the pandemic happened and we were away from church. And then for a season of time, our uh, certain ages were able to go, but not all ages were able to go. And she had been missing, missing out and missing uh, going to church. And we were having church at home and having devotion at home and watching thank the Lord for good internet and different things like that, but watching Amen. services and, 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 and all that shout out to people that are, that are doing that. Um, yeah. and one night she was, uh, we had heard her several times. Um, I wouldn't want to embarrass her, but she's eight and she probably won't listen to this, but we had heard her several times. She would be praying and I, I, I would look at Jen and she would just look at me and nod her head and she would Sage would be Sage. That's my daughter. She's eight. And uh, she would be, she'd be speaking in tongues. And, um, but, but I didn't want to, I maybe, maybe, maybe I approached it wrong, but I wanted her to know that she, what she had was, I wanted her to know without a doubt, I didn't want to have to tell her that it's real. I wanted her to know what it was. Yes. And so um, she had been pursuing the Lord. And so one night uh, she stayed at my in-laws with her, and her cousin was there and they were having a slumber party and uh, they were unwinding for the night and just kind of talking and had been playing games and all that. And they were all in a room together and uh, the, the girls, they, they thought they were about to kind of doze off and Sage kept getting up and, and going into the other room. And uh, first couple of times they thought, well, she's just, you know, getting up, was fidgety, you know, not, you know, trying to not fall asleep or whatever. Well, after the second or third time, my mother-in-law said, well, you know, Sage, what's wrong, baby? Is, some, is something wrong? And Sage began to cry. And she said, uh, I just, I don't know. She said, I just have felt like um, that I, I just have felt like that I need to get up and go and pray for my mommy. Wow. And, uh, and so they said, well, you do that, you know, if you, you know, and they were very, they're in the church well and and they said, well, you know, and they said, well, we'll pray with you if you'd like. And she said, well, I'm, she said, I think I'm okay. Well, she got up again. And so they listened and she went in the other room and she was speaking in tongues, just very, very, just not just mumbling over her words, but very direct. And, um, and so they began to pray in their room and Sage came back in the room that her cousin was in, who had Kiana, who has the Holy Ghost too. She's 10. Yeah. Uh, and uh, or she's 12 now maybe I don't know but and has the Holy Ghost too and speaking in tongues and so that night she claimed um, the Holy Ghost and this happened during a pandemic during a time when we feel like and I had thought Pastor Justin maybe I'm just this person but I thought it would be 
on a Sunday night when the choir was hucking and bucking and things were just exploding that I would look back and and there she would be there. She would be with tears running down her face, speaking in tongues very elegantly. And just, you know what I'm saying? You, You have these things, maybe that's just crazy, but you have these things pictured and the Lord really opened my eyes that night to show me that through, through this, through this, I am doing something I'm bringing it. I think that through this, he is helping to allow families that want to align and come together to come together as a family whole. And so now yes. it is not, it's not, it's not un, uncommon or unnormal when someone is sick, when I share this, I probably will get in trouble. But when Jen was really, really sick uh, with, uh, with COVID and had had the double pneumonia and was very sick and just was having mm. trouble breathing. And we, I was like, what, you know, in my mind, I'm saying, Am I going to have to rush her? She'd been to the doctor, but am I going to have to rush her to the ER? What's going on? And Sage was in the room with me, and I said, "Baby, let's 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 pray for mommy." Yeah. And uh, and she wasn't she wasn't staying back. You know, she she didn't take a back seat to it. She came right up to where Jen was at, and uh, you know, we were trying to social distance. But I'm telling you, when it's time to pray, it's time to pray. Time to pray. And Sage laid hand Sage laid hands on her mom and began to speak in tongues. And I believe that it was a, I, I believe that it was a prophetic healing tongue that she began to pray as the spirit yes. was flowing through her. And Jen, there was something that happened that night in our home. And, and, and I, I can't explain what I, I, I don't know. I haven't answered the question because you asked very well, because you said it's been difficult. What's been the challenges for raising a family? The, the biggest challenge this year for me is completely just letting go and letting I don't, I don't have to have all these fabulous vacations maybe from, and and we like to go places and we may hop in the car today and go somewhere. I hope we do, but we don't have to have all, all those things that I think are so important that are going to, those are not life. Those are not life changing things, but what has happened in our home through prayer, what has happened through the word or receiving the Holy ghost and, and just different things. That's life. That, that is changing that's changing the course of her life for the rest of her life. Sure is. So, and she'll never forget that. Never forget wow. it. There'll never be, you know what I'm saying? There'll never yeah. be a question in her mind. Did I get the Holy ghost or, you know what I'm saying? Did I? And so that, that the um, Lord answered a prayer. That's a prayer that he answered for yeah. me that she would know, you know, well, that's when it needs to be happening is when they're children, you know, we want the Lord to talk to the kids the move upon the yeah. kids, you know, prayer and things like that. That's the Holy ghost. That's real stuff. Praise God. You know, and she, when she says something to me and says, I just have a feeling about something. I know that it's, we like to laugh and say kids or whatever, but the other night she had a feeling about something and uh, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this on air, but, and um, I said, are you sure? And she said, well, you know how you say that you and mommy sometimes have a feeling about something that we need to pray about or that we need to, and the Lord convicted me, man, right on the spot. He's, he's speaking. He wants to speak to our children and through our children. They are a voice. I mean, I understand oh, yes. but he is, he is, he, what the work that he is doing and going to do in these last days, I believe our children, they are, they are going to prophesy. They are going to speak things into existence. They're going to do it. Amen. Yeah, they are. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of family I want to have. That's the kind of family I want to have. That's what we need to be doing. Listeners, get your yeah. families together, pray, prophesy. We need it. The Lord's coming. And it back. doesn't mean that you can't still have fun. Cause I mean, when I say right now, yeah. I, it's a joke almost here, 
But when I say let's go for a drive, the girls get excited because they they know that means we're going to Dairy Queen, you know. Oh yeah, so yeah, you got to have that too. Have fun, <laughs> have fun, fun is. You got to find a good. You got to find a balance. But at any yeah. moment, you got to just be able to say, "All right, the fun can yeah. stop for a minute. We're going to let God do what He wants to do." Yeah. God likes fun. God so, moves in fun. He does. God moves in fun. He, he, he moves in that, and you know things open up like that. And it's great for families and churches to do that. Uh, Pastor Ben and I both grew up in Missouri District, phenomenal youth camps, phenomenal youth convention. Uh, we'd love to have you be a guest at some of our district events. But growing up, my favorite event that we did was Missouri District Camp Meeting. And oh, every yeah. year, every year, God would speak to me in that yeah. camp meeting. A special yeah. shout out to our bishop, our district superintendent, Brian Parkey. And also our yes, district sir. secretary, Chuck Carr. These yes, two sir. men, Bishop Parkey, Bishop Carr, phenomenal leaders. And God is doing a new thing, a powerful thing in Missouri. It's it's always been a powerful district, but there's like this, I don't know, just this new kindled fire in yeah. us to make a move, to plant churches, to grow, to have revival. Right. And we've changed our camp meetings to regional camp meetings. And last year when they did this, I got to, I got to be honest. I thought, oh no, it's going to change. God's not going to speak to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> every yeah. year God would give me a word at that camp meeting. Ever, ever since I was right. a teenager, I got a word. Right. And I was so worried, but I tell you what we had, we had uh, it divided up into regions. I was in uh, Northwest, you're in South. I tell you what, man, God moved in all of those camp meetings. And it's, <laughs> it's like more powerful than ever before. I got a word. And uh, we hope that uh, COVID doesn't, COVID's trying to steal Thanksgiving and our Christmas. And by God, it ain't going to steal camp meeting. Come on no. now. But no. uh, we, we hope everybody listening to this in Missouri, plan on coming to your, your regional camp meetings. Go to Missouri, uh, MOdistrict.com to find out information about that. Uh, but we're I'm excited about it. Did you guys have a good time down there in uh, the hey, Southeast we region? We did. We, we had it at the Black River Coliseum and it was, um, the spirit moved, God spoke. I mean, just the word, I mean, it was, I feel like there was a great, um, and I'm with you. I was like, man, I, you know, loved the, just from being, I can remember, you know, being young, right in the youth group to go and go into camp meeting when it was in, uh, when it was in, uh, Arnold and, uh, yeah. you know, how things have transitioned and, and, and moved around some. And I was like, kind of like you, is this going to, you know, is this, how's this going to affect, is this going to be different? And, uh, I, I, I received a, you know, I feel like a personal word, uh, at this camp meeting and there was a great, I felt like there was a great, uh, there was a, there was, there was, uh, unity that was, uh, taking place. And, uh, so yeah, we had a great, uh, I give a shout out to, to our, uh, district leadership. I, they, I, I, I feel like they have really, uh, they are looking out, you know, I feel like they're looking out for, for the church and for churches and, and, and want to see growth. And so I, I give a shout out to them. I think it, I think we're in, if my opinion matters, I think we are going in the right direction for sure. We sure are. I want you to talk to us about the call of God when that initial feeling, whatever it was for you, that God moved upon you and said, I want you to teach and preach and be a minister. When did that happen? 
How did it happen? Oh, man. So um, I'll take you back to a district event again. Uh, I will take you to a, um, a youth camp. And um, I had been feeling, I feel like there's that, uh, there's that fine line where you think you know and then you don't know. And, um, but I can remember, I, I and, and it doesn't give credit probably to anyone because I can't really put a name or a face even to who maybe was ministering at that, uh, at that youth camp. Uh, but it was at good old, uh, it was at the Gateway uh, campus and the dorms at Gateway. And uh, it, I remember there being something I had went probably for the reasons that most kids my age go. And that's for a little bit of Jesus and a lot of fun. And, uh, and I was there doing just that. And there was a one night, Pastor Justin, that I remember God just really shook me. And I know that it's, we should never take lightly. I almost say this, maybe I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but I get frustrated sometimes when kids come back from camp and they say, I feel like God's called me to preach. And someone says, well, I don't know. You need to, let's, 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 God is speaking. And, uh, and, and I was one of those kids who, who, you know, God spoke to at camp. And, uh, and I know that we can throw a lot of things at that and say, Oh, it was just an emotional thing. And it was just the drive of the, the service. But you know when some when it's just the drive and it's the going thing, and when again I'm going to go back to what I said uh, earlier, when God pulls at at your heart, there's a different right. feeling when He starts pulling that string, and I felt that, and I'd never felt that before. And I that night after I surrendered and submitted myself to God, I have never since then been. Now I've been in a in a state, but I have never. We used to get drunk. Uh, in the Holy Ghost. Mm, come That's on. another one of them things in the 90s, 80s and 90s. But we right. used to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. And I can remember going back to my dorm, just vaguely someone helping me back to my dorm and sitting in the hallways while people had mattresses on the floor, uh, wrestling and do, you know, just all the, the fun stuff, you know, that, that, that we did, turning irons over onto people's clothes and turning them on and, you know, just making the fire alarms go off and all that kind of stuff. But in the midst of all that, I can remember, man, one night just sitting in that hallway and just couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop speaking in tongues. And I felt like it was just the confirmation over and over and over again to me that I had submitted myself to God. Now there's been some bumpy there through my teenage years. There was some not, there was some bumpy, a uh, bumpy path that I took. And I thought, man, nah, I'm putting this on the back Me too. burner. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do this. This is not what I'm going to pursue. I'm, and as I got into high school, I was like, I'm going to pursue career. I'm going to pursue college. I'm going to pursue all these different kinds of things. I'm going to just play the drums. I'm going to be uh, a part of, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to do, and there's nothing wrong with, with any of those kinds of things, but I, I'm just not going to, I'm just, just not going to surrender myself to this. And I can remember um, my youth pastor at the time being very patient with me, uh, saving my rear end several times when I should have probably <laughs> got in trouble for something, but saving me and saying, yeah. Hey, look, 
saving you that got, rear end. <laughs> yeah, saving me. And, and I can remember him saying, "There, you have a calling on your life. And you know it. You've talked to me about it. It's not. This is not me telling you this. But I'm just telling you, you have a calling on your life. And when you decide that you, when you, when you submit your will to that and know that you have that calling, you are different the rest of your life. And I say that kind of jokingly, but shoot, he say, he, he say, I, I, you know, from, from what people would think, I would think, well, everybody's doing it. It's not any big deal. And, he, you know, he would say, you're not everybody, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a change. There's something that's, that's taking place in your life. I said, all that to say this, it wasn't until uh, the Lord begins to now. this is gets crazy, but as me and my wife are dating and are engaged, the Lord begins to deal with me about ministry and what he's called me to do. Mm. And so my yeah. wife started dating me thinking he's a drummer. She said, I will not, I'm not, she didn't say this to me, but she had said, I had said my whole teenage life, I'm not marrying a preacher. I'm not going to marry someone that's, you know, I want to marry someone that's in church. Good. That's a musician that sings, but I'm not married. You know what I'm saying? And I was saying, I'm just a drummer. I'm just this. I was fighting off those feelings. And so it was not, and I know we should be upfront and personal. And I had probably told her just in passing, Hey, you know, at one point I thought I was going to be a, you know, preach or feel called to preach or, you know, all of those different kinds of things. But it wasn't until right after we were married that the Lord began to, you know how we talked about the transition thing earlier? Right, yeah. The Lord yeah. began to really shift my mind. And I thought, how am I going to tell her this? How am I going to talk to her about this? She's going to think that she, I mean, she, we're not going to make it the first 90 days of our marriage because she's going to think that she's married someone that she didn't even know. Oh, wow. And the Lord was dealing with me about it. And I knew that I was going to have to talk to her. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And one night I finally talked to her about it and something along these lines, I may be getting this wrong just a little bit, but as I began to talk to her, she began to, I could tell that she was listening. And mm. so I thought, well, okay, she's not, I'm not, maybe I'm not going to, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to have to go back to my mom's house just yet. And, uh, and, <laughs> and she began, and she began, I began to tell her and she had told me that she had had a dream and that she had had a dream and that she was helping. And I had felt the Lord was calling us to do, to minister and to be involved in youth ministry. And she said that she had, um, that she had had a dream that she was helping uh, young girls in a youth group and couldn't just, just couldn't put her finger on, on it, but knew that it had been something from the Lord. Wow. And the Lord orchestrated that. Yeah. yeah. A dream. The Lord or orchestrated that. And, the rest is history. I mean, and, and it, it was like, I fully that night, I said, I'm, I have to commit to this. I have to submit my will to this or it's our marriage is going to, is not going to be right. Our money's not going to be right. Nothing's going to be right. If I don't, if we don't submit to what God's calling us to do. And so that's, that's it. I mean, it was, it was a good eight or eight or nine years that I struggled back and forth with that. See, my dad's not in the, wasn't in the church. And I don't have a, you know what I mean? I didn't have a, any type of pedigree as far as any of those kinds of things go. And I thought, oh, I get, this is something you can take or leave. And I found out that that's not the case. When God calls you, he, he, he calls you. So, yeah, he does. <laughs> wow. There you have it, folks. Extraordinary stories, powerful concepts, 
real life experiences. God is helping us through this COVID-19 pandemic. Year 2020 is not so bad. You want to know why? Because those who have been wanting to be spiritual have been spiritual, and God has blessed them for it. Thank you so much, Pastor Ben Walker, for being with us. Again, check your episode notes for all of the details. Click on the links. Search out what God is doing in your own life, in your own heart. Pray after you listen to this episode. We love all of you. God bless you. We'll talk again soon. I want a pink lemonade and some fried catfish. Bye.